bringing you the latest research, tools, and common sense tips you need to get and stay healthy. It's Talk Healthy Today. Here's Lisa Davis. As a child, I saw firsthand how debilitating chronic pain can be. My mother had a couple of botched knee surgeries when I was about four or five. And from there on, and she had to bring ice everywhere she went. And it was really painful for her. And then she ended up having fibromyalgia. And the poor woman just had one thing after another and really suffered with pain. And it was absolutely heartbreaking. So I am so glad to have the wonderful Dr. Paul J. Christo on the program. We're going to be talking about his his great book, Aches and Gains, A Comprehensive Guide to Overcoming Your Pain, Traditional, Integrative, and Innovative Approaches by one of the nation's top pain specialists. Dr. Christo, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Lisa. It's so nice to have you on the program. You know, I wish she could have had this book. She ended up uh, passing away uh, in her 50s from ovarian cancer. So if she did not have a, a good luck with uh, with health. She always had health issues as long as I can remember. And it's, it's heartbreaking. And so I really love that there's something that I can recommend to people because like I said, I've seen it firsthand. Let's talk about this. In the introduction, you talk about the incredible prevalence of people in chronic pain. Let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Absolutely. I mean, there are 116 million Americans who suffer from chronic pain. And to put that into perspective, that's about a third of the population. It's a very large number. And in fact, you know, Lisa, worldwide, it's 1.5 billion who suffer from chronic pain. Oh so, I mean, this, yeah, I mean, it's, it's quite big. And, and unfortunately, a lot of what we see in chronic pain remains untreated and uncontrolled, similar to what you were describing for your mom, unfortunately. Yeah, and that's the heartbreak. I mean, she would try different things, but it never seemed like anything really worked. Although it's interesting, one of the things that did help a little bit was she had a TENS unit. And I just saw a commercial the other day that now at CVS and other drugstores, you can get those little kind of, you know, much simpler types of TENS units. I mean, hers was like thousands of dollars. I mean, this is back in the 80s. <laughs> but you know yeah. what I'm talking about? Those little pain relief, you put the patch, you put it on, it sticks to your back or wherever you're in pain and you turn it on and it gives it a little like da 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 I, I find that very helpful. What do you think about those? I think those are helpful as well. I mean, I have patients who benefit from a TENS unit, which is transcutaneous or electrical stimulation for back pain, for neck pain, sometimes for joint pain. I mean, it brings up the whole issue of electrostimulation in general, which I think is quite helpful. Yes. And, uh, you know, in terms of spinal cord stimulation, that's a bit more invasive than TENS, but still yes. we're using electrical impulses to block painful sensations that travel from the spinal cord to the brain. It can be very effective. Oh, that's fantastic. Now, in the preface, you write about part of your job is educating, and I like that you talk about educating the healers. What kind of things do we need to keep in mind? You write about clinical care education and clinical investigation. Well, I think that, the, first of all, educating other physicians is important on uh, how to basically the mechanisms involved in chronic pain, and then more importantly, what are some modalities of treating it? Uh, you know, because I don't think a lot of physicians in this country are educated, unfortunately, on chronic pain and what can be done about it. So I think that's number one: educating the healers, educating physicians, and then educating patients too on uh, the value of treatment and the importance of treatment earlier rather than later. Yeah, and in the book, you, I like that you talk about the organization of it. You have uh, understanding and treating your pain, 
Uh, you have integrative therapies for pain, and you also have medical therapies for pain, both traditional and innovative. Give us some examples of those, because like I mentioned, the only one I know about these days is a TENS unit or uh, you know pain pills, and, and those have yeah. a whole host of issues that come with them, or can come with them. Sure. The traditional therapies yeah. that I talk about are the pharmacological therapies that don't involve opioids. I mean, certainly we've heard about the opioid oh, epidemic okay. and the problem associated with opioids, but I think that what a lot of people don't realize is that there are other medicines that we use. We use anticonvulsants to help treat neuro- nerve pain or neuropathic pain. We use actually certain antidepressants that are, can be helpful to treat nerve pain and other types of pain. Uh, and then, gosh, there are a whole host of injections and nerve blocks that also can be helpful if you're looking at traditional therapies. And then if you look beyond traditional therapies, uh, there are a number of integrative therapies that have a good evidence base for effectiveness, like acupuncture, for example, yoga, for example, and some of the mind-body therapies, cognitive behavioral therapy, for example, really helpful. Yeah, I think so too. And I think when what happened with my mother is you would get depressed because you're in pain and then your pain gets worse because you're depressed and it's this like vicious cycle. And there's a, there's a huge emotional component to it. I'm glad you said that. There is a large emotional component to having chronic pain. I mean, you know, imagine your life changing completely. I mean, and it does. And this is what I think is underappreciated as well. You know, over the course of months and then certainly years with a debilitating chronic pain condition, like arthritis, for example, or even bad migraine headaches, you really, you can't do what you once did before. And that's what is so, um, is very difficult to accept and leads to depression and isolation. And that's why things like uh, pain psychology, cognitive behavioral therapy are so effective because they help us retrain our thoughts that become very negative when we're in this chronic pain state. You know, you mentioned headaches a moment ago and you talk about a woman named Priya who came into your office. She was a young mother of two and she had this, you know, active life and she'd been battling these debilitating migraines. Now, I used to get migraines uh, with my period, but several months ago I had to have a, a laparoscopic hysterectomy because uh, I had a fibroid the size of a cantaloupe. Yes, I'm very open on the show. So I don't have to worry about that anymore. <laughs> wow, I just say it's nice because my headaches are gone. <laughs> Woohoo, go get your uterus out, ladies. No, I'm joking. Don't go get your uterus out. But I have to say that was one of the nice side effects is not having those headaches anymore. But gosh, they were horrible. Yeah. So let's talk about migraines and just regular old headaches. And, and what did you do with Priya? What, did, what helped her? Mm-hmm. Priya was a great success story because she was she had tried many other therapies, a lot of different medications, and there are several medications that can be useful for migraine headache prevention, but none of them were really that effective. And she tried acupuncture and she tried a lot of you know dietary changes, but what helped her the most was botulinum toxin, known as Botox, and oh, yes. that has made a big difference in her life. I mean, it's taken her from having many many headaches per month to relatively fewer headaches. And it's made a big difference in her life because now she can go out, she can go on vacations, for example, with her family. She couldn't do that before. I mean, you know, she can go shopping, things that were very difficult before with this pulsating, intense headache that she would get a lot during the month. Yeah, it's so frustrating. Well, the other thing I love about your book is in part one, when you talk about understanding and treating your pain, you break it down. You have headache pain, joint and soft tissue, arthritis pain, 
uh, neuropathic pain, pelvic and sexual pain. I mean, there's so many different types of pain. The one we hear about most is back pain. So why don't we go through for people listening to help them go, okay, I have back pain. Maybe it's soft tissue back pain from an injury or maybe like I've been experiencing right now uh, this tightness in the middle of my back on the right side. I feel like somebody has come in literally and just tied my back right there in knots. And it's chronic because... My daughter's been going to a special school like an hour away. Make a long story short, I'm in the car a lot. And even though I yoga yep. and I stretch, it just gets me. So something like that tightness, uh, you know, what are some other causes of back pain? And, and what do you find to be the most helpful? Back pain is, can be complex because there are, if yeah. you sort of envision the back, you know, we've got, as you mentioned, the soft tissue. You, there's a lot, there are a lot of muscles in the low back. Uh, certainly around the spine. You've got the spine. You've got the discs of the spine. You know, you've got nerves yeah. that come, uh, <laughs> that emerge from the spinal cord. So there are uh, many. And, you know, that's why I think it's helpful if the primary care doctor, if, if patients feel like the primary care doctor is, is not able to get anywhere, go see a, a pain specialist because we are specifically trained in, in assessing and diagnosing as much as we can um, the etiology of pain, the cause of pain, that is, in the back, if you look at mo- what mostly causes low back pain, it's actually muscles and ligaments, musculoligamentous strain, like you're describing. And most yeah. of the time it goes away, but, but, you know, if it's acute, but if it lasts for three months or more, then we're sort of looking into more of a chronic pain condition. And certainly if you have tense, tight muscles in the low back, gosh, massages are helpful, Massages with essential oils can be very helpful if we think about the integrative treatments. Acupuncture and then needling actually those areas that are tense and tight with a needle and maybe a little local anesthetic can be pain relieving too. Now you mentioned the edi- ed- I'm going to say it wrong. What is it? Etiology. <laughs> so I'm oh, sorry. Etiology. Etiology. Yeah. Etiology. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of known for mispronouncing things. Okay. The etiology <laughs> is important, right? Because mine's probably from overuse and sitting in a certain position or whatever it is. But we need to know, right? Because you don't want to treat something if you're not really sure what caused it. And, and sometimes an MRI is necessary, I'm guessing. Sometimes, yeah, the, the knowing the cause is key. And that's what we try to do as pain specialists most of the time. I mean, because if you know the cause, then you can target treatments. Uh, MRIs can be helpful uh, after a certain period of time. So typically, if patients come to me with low back pain that's lasted for a month or so, you know, unless there's something very serious, you know, signs and and symptoms of something very serious like spinal cord injury, um, spinal cord damage, this type of thing, then, then I typically wait for at least maybe three months or so before I might get an MRI. Uh, because they've been overused in the past, and and they don't always tell us what we need to know. So, yes, they can be helpful, but often not necessarily early on in the course of low back pain. And who do you want on your team in terms of, I have a sports injury guy, I have this amazing massage therapist who does this, um, uh, what is it called? It's like a scraping technique, which makes Mm. a huge difference. It's a Chinese type. I I don't, the name will come to me, I hope. Um, (laughs) And, you know, so I have him and then I have a great chiropractor who I adore. He's fantastic. So is that, am I kind of on the right track? I mean, you want, I think beyond your just primary care doctor. I mean, they're great, but I think you kind of need more specialization if you're dealing with a chronic pain condition. Absolutely true. I think that um, the, depending on the nature of your pain, pain specialist is key. And then, Physical therapists can be very helpful. 
especially with oh, respect yes. to low back pain. You know, stretching, strengthening the spine, positioning the body in ways that are protective and help reduce pain. They do electrical stimulation as well, heat therapy. Oh, yeah. So I, I think physical therapy, having a physical therapist on the team has been helpful. And also, sometimes, you know, certainly when pain just is, doesn't go away and invades your life, having a psychologist on board is key too. Oh, definitely. I think that makes so much sense. You know, in the joint and soft tissue pain, you have understanding knee pain. When I walk up and down the stairs, it sounds like popcorn. I mean, my knees are just, (laughs) is that common or what is, I've always had some knee issues because I'm a super pronator. And as a kid, my parents probably should have gotten me orthotics. Like I see my daughter and luckily she has orthotics because I mean, my, my feet, for people don't know what pronation means, like my feet really tip in. And if you look at pictures of me as a kid, I mean, my knees were so, um, I don't know what the word is, but they were just so turned towards each other. Um, yeah. And so I think because of that, I've always had some issues and I've, I've done physical therapy. I, I recently had um, suprapatellar bursitis, which is a bursitis right above the, a little bit above the knee. And I had physical therapy for that. And I keep up with the exercises because I don't want it to happen again. So mm-hmm. what's going on with the knees? And is it normal to have some sound in there? <laughs> yeah. Usually, usually patients don't have sounds in the knees. Uh, now, if there are problems with the joint, if the cartilage starts becoming uh, damaged or degenerated, well, then you can start hearing clicks and, th- and, and you can get restricted mm-hmm. range of motion in the knee. And, you know, knee is not an uncommon source of pain either, especially as we age. And I see a fair number of patients who have knee pain either before surgery or, unfortunately, even after they've had knee surgery. Yeah, that is tough. Now, with the knee surgery, uh, is knee replacement still the go-to, or do you find more laparoscopic options nowadays? Or I guess it depends, obviously, on the person, the situation, what type of condition their knee is in. Mm-hmm. I think the goal is to try to avoid surgery if at all possible, and that would mean doing some of the things that you suggest that you do. Uh, now, for certain patients who are plus-sized, if you will, or overweight, I mean, losing the weight is helpful in reducing knee pain because, as you can imagine, there's a lot of force placed on the knee if you're overweight or obese. So that's key. Actually, the other thing that we should talk about with respect to reducing knee pain or inflammation, too, is a healthy diet, one that is oh, yes. less focused you know, on meat and more focused on healthy anti-inflammatory foods like dark cherries, blackberries, blueberries, salmon. I mean, I think these things actually can help over time. Oh, I think so too. I'm so glad you said that because I'm so big on food as medicine and all those foods that you mentioned are fantastic. And I think when we can take better care of ourselves, lose that weight, if that's affecting us in terms of our knees or just our overall health and look to food as medicine as well. I mean, if you have to take a pain pill, you have to take a pain pill, but why not feed yourself, nourish yourself the best you can. Agree. And uh, with respect to the knee, at the same time, there are certain medications by mouth that can help reduce musculoskeletal pain that I've used successfully. There are injections into the knee. You've probably heard of steroid injections into the knee. Those can help. There's actually another injection that we can do of um, a substance that helps improve lubrication in the knee when it becomes arthritic. Which, in certain studies, have found to be has found to be useful over a several month period. And, and then, oh. aside from that, mm-hmm. there are nerve blocks that we can do to as a diagnostic maneuver to help reduce knee pain. And if successful, there's a radiofrequency procedure, which is like a thermal 
heat procedure to those three nerves that supply sensation to the knee that can provide several months worth of relief too. Oh, that's fantastic. You know, speaking of the nerves, I want to talk about uh, neuropathic pain. But before we go to that, was the thing that you mentioned for lubrication, is that oral? Is that a shot? What is that? Good question. It's a shot. Well, there, there are two. One of them is a shot and an injection. Uh, trade name is Finvisc, but there are other names for it. It's essentially hyaluronic acid, and it's giving the joint back what is often lost when the cartilage becomes degenerated, and that assists in lubrication. Also, though, glucosamine and chondroitin by mouth can be used to help reduce arthritis pain. Oh, that is true. You know, it's funny. It made me think about when you mentioned Botox earlier, it made me think about filler because I think filler is made, you know, for cosmetic mm-hmm. reasons, for facial filler is made of, uh, I think, hyaluronic acid. Going to neuropathic pain, you know, I mentioned my mother earlier. I mentioned fibromyalgia. Talk about that. And how is it different treating that? Because isn't that you have to get, you have to treat the nerves in essence or, or talk to us about that for so I can have and our listeners have a clear understanding of what neuropathic pain means. You bet. Neuropathic pain is some type of injury or dysfunction of the central nervous system, which would be the brain and spinal cord, and the peripheral nervous system. So it's both. And when we think about the peripheral nervous system, you know, think about the sciatic nerve, for example, right? The, the uh. median nerve, the ulnar nerve, these are parts of the peripheral nervous system, the nerves that lie outside the spinal cord and the brain. So there's some injury that occurs to the nerves of the body or the brain or the spinal cord that leads to what we call neuropathic pain, often burning, shooting, stabbing pain. Oh, yeah, that sounds horrible. It, and I yeah. saw no, how it horrible be. it can be. It can be, yeah, it, you know, and it, well, you know, this we see this in patients who have, for example, shingles pain you know, which causes neuropathic pain. And my gosh, you know, some patients who who develop shingles, I mean, many actually who develop the acute form of it can't even be touched. I mean, you can't touch the skin because it's so sensitive. Mm. Clothes can't touch it. The water, the wind, bother it. That's neuropathic pain. Oh, that is terrible. And what are the best ways to address that? Well, uh, medications, I would say oral medications. We have medications that can help reduce neuropathic pain for sure. We also have uh, certain injection therapies, nerve blocks that can help. Electrostimulation that we talked about earlier, quite useful, you know, in certain types of neuropathic pain conditions. For example, if you've had spine surgery and unfortunately if the pain in the back or down the leg persists, that's called lumbosacral radicular pain, back pain, shooting leg pain, well, gosh, some of these electrostimulation devices can really make a big difference. You know, I want to jump into part three, integrative therapies. We talked about weight control. We talked about diet. Exercise, of course, is huge. Sometimes that can be tough, right? Because if you are in chronic pain, it can be hard to exercise. But I always recommend going to a heated pool if you can. I used to uh, be an aquatic specialist. I worked with the physical therapist and they would design mm. the program and I would work it out with the you know patient in the pool. Uh, no. Or I, I also got certified, this is 20-something years ago, through the Arthritis Foundation. I used to teach arthritis aerobics. And, you know, I, I think it's so important to find something that you can tolerate. And uh, the water is wonderful for most folks. Agree. Water is really helpful. And warm water can be healing. I think that there, a lot of my patients don't realize that even small amounts of exercise can make a difference in their low back pain, for example. I mean, we have data from the science that, that tells us that just, you know, regular 
uh, small amounts of exercise, that is aerobic exercise, sometimes a little bit of resistance training, can make a difference in low back pain, substantially, actually. It's just hard to get patients to do it because, as you mentioned, you know, when you're in pain, you don't want to move. I mean, you know, it's natural not to want to move because it worsens it. But if you can get past that with small amounts of exercise, more and more patients realize that their pain is actually reduced. Oh, that's huge. You know, I mentioned diet a moment ago. I want to go to our sponsor, Organifi. I am a huge fan of green juices. I love them. But the problem is I don't always have time to juice my own. And when I'm on the go, I'll notice there's green juices, but they often have tons of sugar because they use a lot of fruit. We want greens to be green. So you want to get Organifi. It is a great green. It solves a problem of juicing on the go. You just add it to water. You drink it up. Let your body soak up the benefits because it's a struggle. You know, it's hard to stay healthy. We're all busy. There's things going on, but we need our greens. So if you go to Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com and use the code TALKHEALTHY at the checkout. You'll get 20% off your order. So again, let's green it up, people. It's very important. Organifi.com. All right, let's jump into aromas, music, and pain relief. You know, I've been hearing more and more about aromatherapy. And of course, music always takes me out of anything. It makes me smile. So let's talk yeah, me about too. aromatherapy <laughs> first. Yeah, me too. Aromatherapy, when we talk about aromatherapy for pain, we're talking about essential oils. And that's an important mm-hmm. distinction. I mean, you know, it's not like going to the candle store and smelling oh, synthetic fragrances. It's different from that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like that actually. But but this is really essential oils that can be <laughs> that can be um, placed in a diffuser so you can inhale it. Or these are essential oils that are mixed with, say, olive oil or almond oil and applied to the skin for pain relief, for muscle pain relief, for joint pain relief. Oh, that is good. Okay, so what are the kind that you'd put on? What would you utilize? Yeah, the, the ones that I particularly like and that I've found that are helpful for patients are peppermint, peppermint oil. Mm-hmm. Peppermint oil, when applied to the skin, activates cold receptors. And that's why when, for example, we have sunburn, it's helpful to put peppermint on because it creates that cooling and pain-relieving sensation. Clove has also been studied and found to be useful for reducing pain, nerve pain, actually. Uh, Frankincense is another one. And my favorite is eucalyptol, which is found in eucalyptus and rosemary. Oh, nice. You know, I have to say with the peppermint, I don't know what if you mix it with something, but someone had told me that peppermint can help with migraines or headaches in general. So mm-hmm. I put it right on my temples. Holy crud, it burned. <laughs> I was like, get this off me. It burned. Yep. So do you recommend mixing it with like a coconut oil or something else? Or did I maybe just put too much? Or, or how, do you, how do you put it on? What do you do? They're potent. The essential oils are potent. So most of the time they have to be mixed in like an olive oil, for example, or an almond oil and then applied. Okay. Ah, yeah, I just put it right on there. <laughs> right. That was, <laughs> yeah, they can I burn. Learned, can I hurt. learned my lesson. Yeah, I really did. Well, you know, it took my mind off my headache. So, uh, (laughs) all right, let's talk about music. You know, what, let's, what do you think helps with what type, is it, but not what type of music or is it just the music that you like? What what is it? It can be music that you like. It can be live music. It can be uh, taped music. It doesn't seem to matter. Music is really intriguing too, because it taps into the part of the brain 
that's involved with pain processing and also emotion processing. It also, mm. based on what we understand from the science, can alter pain neurotransmitters in the spinal cord and thereby reduce painful sensations that travel from the cord to the brain. Uh, it can be any type of music as well. And, uh, you know, what's interesting is that there have been a number of studies on using music therapy for patients in palliative care situations or at the end of life, but also even during surgery. Just placing, you know, earphones on or using an audio pillow during surgery has been found to reduce opioid requirements during surgery or after surgery. Oh, that's huge. You know, yeah. in the last few minutes, I'd like to touch on some of the other things. You've got mind-body techniques. You've got have biofeedback. I've heard a lot about that. You've mentioned cognitive behavioral therapy. My brother is actually a professional hypnotist, and he works with mm. people around pain with hypnosis. So I was so glad to see that in the book. My father does as well. Yeah, yeah. I like hypnosis. You know, I'm glad you said that because uh, this is an untapped area, and yet, gosh, we've studied yeah. the value of hypnosis for pain control for many, many years. I've had some patients uh, who definitely have benefited from it because, again, you know, what's so fascinating is the power of the brain and the mind in changing pain perception and dampening those pain signals, and hypnosis definitely allows us to do that as well as cognitive behavioral therapy. You know, I wanted to mention as well, I'm a huge fan of Montel Williams, and uh, he mm. actually does the foreword for your book, and I, yeah. I thought that was awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, right, I now. thought it was a very... Oh, go, yeah. go ahead. I was, oh, no, no, I go think ahead. It was a very... I was very grateful for Montel uh, in terms of him writing that, and I thought it was a very moving account of his own pain journey. Oh, I think so too. And And by the way, I love in the book that you have different people sharing their experiences throughout the book. You have Jennifer Gray, as a matter of fact. Yes, thank you. Yes, she also suffered from severe neck pain, but overcame it. Yeah, I mean, I heard she danced, uh, you know, her heart out on that Dancing with the Stars show. So apparently, I she hope did. she's doing And she looks she amazing, did. holy cow. <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, it is, it's really remarkable. She is in great shape. Now, Dr. Christo, when did you know that you wanted to be a doctor, and especially dealing in this field, in this area? Well, I feel like in, uh, gosh, I mean, in medical school, I felt like I, I certainly became interested in pain, but it wasn't until my internship in internal medicine when I had to see patients in a primary care clinic that I realized that there were a lot of unmet needs on the part of those who had chronic pain. And I, and you know, my mentors who were internists and family practitioners and so on, Although excellent, I think this lacked a knowledge base with respect to what to do, how to, how to help people improve their lives. And that really gave me the impetus to become a pain specialist. Yeah, it, it makes a big difference. I, I, like I said, my, my mother died in the mid-90s. I, I think we've come a long way. Would you say we've come a long way in terms of what's available? I think we have. We, we definitely have come a long way. And there are new treatments available. There are always developing treatments, things that are uh, being studied. And I think there's hope. And I think that's important. It's important for everyone to hear that there is hope because I think when you have a chronic pain condition, it can seem like life is hopeless and you can seem very helpless. And, you know, you sometimes lose friends and, and family members don't understand. And I feel, and what I try to tell my patients is not to give up, to be open-minded and to have hope. Oh, that is so great. Well, you know, Dr. Christo, tell us all the ways that we can find you in your great book. Again, Aches and Gains, A Comprehensive Guide to Overcoming Your Pain. And what a great title. I love that you have the word gains in there because they can be made and that's very hopeful. Oh, thanks so much. That's exactly why I put it in there too, because I felt like it did provide 
hope for those who are suffering that they can get better and they can get their life back or at least part of their life back. And you can find me, uh, well, I, hold, I have a web, well, certainly I'm, a, uh, I'm an academic uh, pain doctor at the Johns Hopkins Hospital in Baltimore, Maryland, and then I host my own radio show on Overcoming Pain by the same name, Aches and Gains, and I have a website, paulchristomd.com. So you can easily find me uh, in one of those, either at Hopkins or on my website. Oh, fantastic. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to Talk Healthy today. You can check us out on social media. I'm at Health Media Gal number one, so just one. Uh, you can also check us out at Talk Healthy Today podcast on Facebook at Talk Healthy, the number two day on Snapchat and Twitter. Thanks for listening. Get this book and stay well.